So again, I pray that you, uh, those of you who are watching, will open your heart as we begin to go into the word of the Lord. I want to continue speaking on faith. The reason being, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Amen. For everyone who comes to God must believe that God is who he say he is. And that God desires with all his heart to reward those who seek him. Now, he doesn't say, he doesn't talk about the intensity of how we seek him, but the fact that we seek him. And sometimes we think, you know, God will reward those who, who intensely, intensely seek after him. That's not the thing. The thing is, if I seek God, if I were to have a heart that says, God, I, re I really need you. That's all it takes for God to reward us. And that's what we want to talk about this morning, talk about faith. Now, I started off this session, uh, this, this whole series by talking about Peter and his encounter with Jesus. Now, it's really good because Jesus in that context is actually teaching the disciples about greatness in the kingdom. He talks about being the one, you know, you've got to be a servant of all in order to be great. And, and he goes on and on in his teaching. And then suddenly he stops in the lesson and turns and looks at Peter. This is an interruption. This, this is not a continuation of what he's teaching. It's like an interruption. Like as if the, uh, he had a special revelation. And he turns to Peter and he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired you. He has asked for you. That's what he said. Satan has asked for you. But I have prayed for you so that your faith will not fail. So he understood that the motive behind it, uh, the, the, the enemy asking for, the, for Peter was that his faith will be shaken. And over the past couple of years, a lot of people's faith have been shaken. We find celebrities giving up on their faith, saying they don't believe it anymore. Started off well, but something happened. See, the enemy desires you and the purpose he desires you, he cannot have you. Because the moment Jesus saved you, you are his. He cannot have you. You are in the palm of his hand and no man can snatch you out of that hand. None. But the thing that he can do is to shake your faith in him so that you stop trusting in him. Your prayers will stop when faith begins to stop. When you don't believe in him anymore, your prayers are going to stop. You will stop reading your Bible. You will stop fellowshipping. So what's the point when, you know, nothing seems to be working? So the enemy desires you that he may shift you so that your faith will fail you. Now, when someone shares their problem with you, you know, one of the best things that you could ever do is to say to them, Are you really a... No, the best thing you can say to them is, let me pray for you. And I mean, let me pray for you now. Sometimes people share their burdens and say, Pastor, would you pray for me and all of that? And you know, they talk and all that. Then they just say, and then I say, I'll pray for you. And then they say, thank you. But I want to pray for you now. And, and it's great to have people. I mean, I'm sure you feel very comforted when somebody says, I'm praying for you. Come on, amen? When they send you a little message, a little text, good morning, I'm praying for you. You feel really good. But listen, when Jesus says, I am praying for you, he does it. 
Come on. <laughs> Some of us, I, I don't know. I mean, sometimes you get people saying, or we say, you know, I'll pray for you. And then we don't. Because we don't even have time to even pray for ourselves. But when Jesus says, I will be praying for you, he really means it. Huh? And he does pray for us. Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25 says that Jesus can save us perfectly, completely, wonderfully because he ever lives to make intercession for us. So what is Jesus doing right now? Making intercession for us. Praying for us. And how many of you know that when Jesus prays, his answers are heard? So that is the assurance we have because we have Jesus praying for us, interceding for us. Therefore, we are on the winning side. Can I hear an amen? We are on the winning side. This morning, last, uh, the last week I spoke to you about unshakable faith. This morning I'd like us to go into a very familiar portion of Scripture. Matthew chapter 15 verses 21 through uh, 28. Now here is Jesus, and this is what happens. Jesus left and went north into the non-Jewish region of Lebanon. He's heading towards that place. He encountered there a woman, a Canaanite woman, who shouted out to him, Lord, son of David, show mercy on me. My daughter is horribly afflicted by a demon that torments her. But Jesus gave her no reply, not even a word. The silent treatment. Then these disciples urged him to send her away. Why? Tell her to get going, they said, for she is bothering us with all her begging. Mm. I don't see any us there, do you? In other words, who was, was she bothering? Jesus. But the disciples, they say, they are bothering us. <laughs> bothering uh, no 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 he, he, she was bothering him then he said to the woman I was sent to help the Jews the lost sheep of Israel not the Gentiles but she came and worshipped him and pled again sir help me he replied it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs yet it, it yes it is Lord she said even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Now I've decided I used quite a number of different translations so that we get a proper story of what has taken place. So we know this, this whole thing. First of all, I want to talk about the situation that she faced. Why she came up. Now, I want us to, to know the power of pain and desperation. When you see somebody that you love suffering, that almost hurts more than the person who is suffering. When you see somebody, you, you begin to think like if you see your child, you go, I, I wish that I could take this suffering. I wish that I could take this pain, I, you know, when a child goes through it. Now, the reason we feel like that, now please understand, everything that, that happens in us moving in the positive direction is actually a part of the nature of God. Because that's the way God feels. 
doesn't affect him in that it does not destroy him. But when his children suffer, why do you think God would allow Jesus to come and die for mankind? Why? Because he sees man suffering in sin. And it hurts him so much, he says, I'm going to come and take the suffering on myself. So the pain that she had forced her to come out of a comfort zone. Forced her to become desperate. Come on, amen. And when you go through suffering, I pray that there will come such a desperation inside of you. Many keep it all on the inside. And when you keep it on the inside, it becomes like a great trap. It traps you. Psalm 124 verse 7 says this, Our souls have escaped like a bird from the trapper's snare. The snare is broken and we have escaped. Now, it is the soul that gets trapped. The outer person may seem okay. Like when I talk to each one of you, you go, Oh, okay, how are you doing? Okay, I'm fine, I'm fine. But on the inside, it's like I am so trapped. I don't know how to get out of this feeling. There's all these things that are going on on the inside. It's very difficult to share because sometimes if we do share, we are afraid people may, you know, kind of look down on us or people may think, oh, yo, why? Huh? Oh, yo, you. We dare not share with people. Today, there's come to, uh, we have come to a place where we cannot trust anyone with what we face on the inside. It's a painful experience and that's why she came out. Why did she cry out? She cried out, the word says, because she heard, Mark uh, chapter 7 and verse 25, this woman heard of him. She heard of Jesus. Now, now remember, she's in a different territory. She's not in Israel as such. She's in the territory of Lebanon. And there she heard the news. Like I always say, I'm always interested to find out who is the one who carried the news. And, and when they carried the news, how did they share it? What was it they shared? What is it she heard from the one who shared? Whatever they shared, there must have been a glow on their face. There must have been a little joy in their voice. When they spoke about this Jesus to, to tell her, Hey, listen, you don't have to remain like this because there's somebody who cares. And in her mind, she's thinking, would it work with a non-Jew? Or did he just come for the Jews? But if he's such a person, I'm sure he will cross the racial barrier. I'm sure that there will be hope for me. So she came out based on what she heard. Have you heard things about the Lord? Or have you been listening to the wrong kind of things that cause you to become so afraid to step out even of your home? Huh? Has the situation controlled us? Or are we in control of our own lives? That's the question. Because now there are people, you know, you know what? What is Jesus' main purpose? For the Son has come to set us free. And so Paul writes to the church and he says, listen, he has already set you free. Do not go back again to the bondage. Don't get bound again. Whom the Son has freed shall be free indeed. And it is the Son who sets us free. Come on, amen. 
We can comfort people. We can talk to people. But it takes the Son to set us free. And He has set us free. But she came out because of what she heard. Not only the situation she faced, you know, but we want to talk also about the main thing, the stubbornness that she possessed. She had what I, I often call a sanctified stubbornness. Sometimes we've got stubbornness in the wrong area. <laughs> Not very sanctified. But with the Lord, there is a, He wants us to have a sanctified, a different kind of stubbornness, a stubbornness that, that would not falter, a stubbornness that would stick to it. Look at the obstacles that she faced. She had to overcome racism. Many of us today are still struggling with that. Racism can be a very, very powerful thing. Somebody once said the best way to overcome racism is just to give in to it. <laughs> In other words, I'll be just as racist as the other person is. And we know in our nation, whether we want to admit it or not, I'm sure you already know it's blatant. It is blatant. The things that are happening in our country is blatant. 97% given to one certain race. 3% the rest of the races. Blatant racism. And it is very hard to overcome this. Here is this woman who is a Canaanite, let alone she's not a Samaritan. A Samaritan was like a mixed Jew. And there's a problem that the Jews had with mixed Jews, Samaritans. This was a race of people that God commanded Joshua to destroy. These are the escapists over the year. And so now here she was knowing the background of how this race of people called the Jews hated them. And here she hears about this certain Jew walking the streets of Israel, coming into the, her region at this time, and she had to overcome this. She faced, she had to overcome religion. She was a person who worshipped all the gods. And here was one coming, and she had to overcome that in order to get to him. She had to overcome rejection. Jesus gave her the silent treatment. How many of you, when you get the silent treatment, respond in like manner? Don't talk to me. Okay, no. I said, don't talk. What's a big deal? Huh? Don't talk. Don't talk. Man. Silent treatment. Jesus did not answer her. Do you stop praying when there seems to be no answer? What do you do when the heavens are silent? When God does not seem to be speaking? Do you continue to talk? Am I just speaking to the air? Uh, the heavens seem like brass. God does not seem to answer. Shall I continue to pray? Or what do I do? She had to overcome that. Not only did Jesus just silent treatment. When he did speak, whatever he spoke was not very nice. And to add salt to the wounds, the disciples come and they say, now no, please send this woman away. She keeps shouting after us, the translation says. She just does not stop. Will you stop her? She's such a bother. She is bothering us. 
Now she hears all of these things. How would you react if you faced this situation? Of course, she had to overcome melody. The reality was this. She has a daughter in the home who is possessed. Shall she leave the daughter alone at home? And as a woman, go into the midst of all men, go into the midst of people who hated her, religious racism and everything else. Shall I leave and walk into this situation alone? Some, you know, may be facing the same kind of thing. She's going to go into a very hostile situation. It's not going to be easy for this woman. But she does it anyway. And faith calls us to go beyond these things because, you know, we, we may face dissimilar obstacles, but obstacles nonetheless. You may be facing different kinds of situations that you have to overcome in order to get to Him. Very often you find people who break through the barriers. Bartimaeus was such a person. He had to cry out and they kept saying, silence him. Stop your shouting. But he kept on shouting. The woman with the issue of blood had to press her way through the crowd in order to get him. He was surrounded by people, mostly men, 12 bodyguards to overcome. So there are many obstacles, many voices that we hear. We, it seems like our minds are crowded by so many things that we must push through. This is what we call unfaltering faith. I refuse to let my faith be shaken. I have heard so much about him and I'm not going to let anyone stop me. Come on, can I hear an amen? So now comes not only the obstacles that she had to overcome, but there comes the opportunities. We must be wise enough or allow the Spirit of God to give us wisdom to look for windows of opportunities in prayer. The first opportunity was, she said, she heard Jesus said, it is not right for me to take bread. Now, if you understand anything about the bread that they made, it is very much like our Bengali roti. How many of you know what Bengali roti is? Okay, one only. Not the nice gardenia loaf where you can eat everything. We used to have those bread. I think sunshine bread or something. I, I don't know what it was. But the Bengali roti. Very hard crust. Remember that one? Where you have to use a saw. <laughs> and when you, cut, when you cut that bread, man, it's on the crust. You start cutting it, it crumbles. And that's the kind of bread she was talking about. Because those days, they didn't have like what we have today, make everything nice and soft and poisonous. But I mean, they, <laughs> they, they, had, they, they, they cut that bread. And the crust would begin to fall. So the moment she heard bread is for the children, for the children, she said, well, then when you cut, the crust falls. So I'm looking. What you are saying is, Jesus, there is a window of opportunity for me. You are telling me that the crust is for me. Come on. Can I hear an amen? <laughs> look for an opportunity. When you look at the promises of God, put your name inside. 
you know, when I saw that statement, Simon, Simon, I put my name there. David, David, the devil has asked for you, but I have prayed for you, David. Put your name inside. Come on, amen. And, and things begin to change. When I first went into uh, one of, we were in the Methodist church, and I was a little boy, eight years old. And uh, they had a crusade. And the evangelist was speaking. And somehow I felt I needed to go forward and give my life to Christ. But of course, you know, I got saved many times. <laughs> so I went forward by myself, walked up, gave my life to the Lord. And anyway, they, they took, took me to the side, side room and they began to teach you things. things. And one, one of the things, things he, I, 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 I will remember the boy sitting, sitting with me, this was in the school. school. So I went, so went to a classroom, classroom sitting at a school desk, desk and, this and this man was sitting, sitting with me, and he, and he gave, gave me John 3.16. And he said, read, read that. that. So, so I read, read it. King James, James Version. For God, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth. He, he said, right, now read it again. Take away whosoever and put your name there. For God so loved, put David there. David. That he gave his only begotten Son. That if David believed in him, he would not perish. David would not perish, but David would have everlasting life. When, when you, you begin, begin to understand this, there is an opportunity, a window of God is speaking. Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, verse 27 says, First, let the children eat. So, so immediately she goes, in her mind, if there is a first, I can be second. Come on. Look for windows of opportunity. If the children eat first, that means there must be remainder for the seconds to come in. When God told the children of Israel, when you begin to plow the field, when you begin to take in the crops, always leave something at the bottom for people who are not of the faith to come in and collect. There is always a remnant that God wants to give us. Look for opportunities of faith. Now, of course, the obligations of faith come next. And that is simply, do I keep believing what I have heard? Or will I respond to the responses that I am receiving? The obligation is, I will continue to believe what I have heard of him, that God is good all of the time. And that God loves me in spite of myself. You don't have to be spiritual to be loved by God. The world was a terribly sinful world when Jesus came. God loved the sinful world that he gave us Jesus. He didn't love a wonderful world, a world that was spiritual. He gave a world that was baptized in sin. That's the world God loved and he still loves that same world. There is nothing mankind can do to change the mind of God. He is love incarnate and he does not have hatred towards mankind. He has hatred towards the things that men do one to another. But he has got no hatred towards man as such. He just feels pain and hurt that man would react like that towards each other. That's why the word says God hates injustice. He hates the pride and the pride, those who are proud in that sense. Their attitudes is what he's against. But he's not against the individual because every individual can be received by him in a powerful way. 
Amen. She just refused to give up. I don't care what I'm hearing. This is all painful. It is very difficult, but I'm still going to respond. Last of all, I want to talk about the surprise that she received. Jesus responded to her faith. His response to her faith was something she expected. And his response to us is not something that we can put in a box and say, because I believe like this, therefore he must respond like this. And if that is where our faith is, failed expectations will bring, will bring discouragement and distress. When we expect things from somebody and that person does not live up to our expectations, expectations we get upset with them. Why do people get upset with God? Because they expected God. The gospel that is preaches, if you do one, two, three, God's going to respond one, two, three. No, 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 no. God has his own way of responding to people. So here he is. How does he respond? Silent treatment. How does he respond? He calls her a dog, basically. Huh? Now, the purpose of it was so that he, he, he was bringing her out from where she was to where he wanted her to be. Woman, because if you're going to live, continually live this life of faith outside of the Jewish faith, you've got to understand a few things. You've got to continue to believe that I'm still God of the Canaanite race as I am a God of the Jewish race. I want you to understand that. Are you willing to go through this? So he pushes her and pushes her to a place where she begins to now respond and say, say what you will, do what you will, but I will still trust you. And so he rewards her faith. Not only does he respond, but he rewards. He does something that she least expects. While she's talking to him, her daughter at home is already healed. The surprises of God are wonderful. When we just continue to say, God, I will not allow anything to shake my faith. I will not allow my faith to falter. It shall be strong. Lord, I shall continue to trust in you in spite of all that is happening to me, all that is happening around me. The loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, difficult times, uncertain times of the future. God, I am still going to place my trust in you. Because I know who you are. I've heard all the things. I mean, some of us have heard these messages again and again. So many times we have heard about the goodness of the Lord. It will not fail you, church. He will never fail you nor forsake you. He has already said it in His Word. And God keeps His Word. He is not a man that He should lie. Nor the Son of Man that He should repent. Oh, no, no, no. I said it. Oh, man. I, I, I need to go back on that. I regret saying it. No, 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 no. When God says it, He means it. His character is at stake. The Word of God says that His Word has been lifted up above His name. That's how He honors His Word. If God gives His Word, He keeps it. Amen. Come on, amen. amen. Hallelujah. So God, you know, I, I pray that you will not respond and say, well, you know, it's no use. You know, God doesn't really care. What's the point? Thank God she didn't respond like this. How could he respond? I heard so many good things about him. And now when I come to him, he, he, he talked to me like that. How can? 
That's how our response is, isn't it? We come to somebody and somebody just puts us off. They tell us things. They do things. We go, oh, you like that one. Huh? Have you ever met people like that? Oh, you never expected this kind of response, huh? I mean, don't want to, don't want to just say, don't want to finish up. Why the guy going to call me dog? <laughs> Come on now. That's reality. But this woman said, call me whatever you want. Like I often say, you know, sometimes people call me and uh, wrong name. Hey, sorry, sorry. Uh, I said, it doesn't matter. Call me any name as long as you call me for dinner. <laughs> Lord, call me anything you want as long as you give me something, man. Come on. As long as you answer the prayer. Call me whatever you want to call me. Doesn't matter. I refuse to be shaken. I know that you are good. You may seem to appear bad. Situations may be, oh, if God is a good God, how come all these things happen? I don't care what you say. I know He is good. If God is good, how come uh, this? How come? Listen, He is good. Jesus on the cross proves that God is good all the time. If God gave us His Son, will He not also give us all things freely? Can I hear an amen? May the enemy never find a place to shake your faith. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I pray that the Lord would also minister to you in your homes, whatever you are going through. I always like to talk about our God. He's different. He's not a man. Don't treat him as a man. He is God. And he is good. All the time. He is compassionate. All the time. He does not need me to defend him. He defends himself. He's greater than anything I could ever say. Because he remains God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he is faithful. What was the song you sang? Shall we come up and sing that song as we bring this to a close?